Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It'd be exciting for our fans, you know. I think this is, uh, you know, where it's not a complicated scoring system. For our fans that can come and follow it just like they would in a game, get some of the exciting situations and, and uh competitive situations that you really want so um, and I think exciting for our recruits you know and that it's going to help create a better atmosphere be more game like um, so we're going to do that the first half uh, see how the first half goes the, the first half the, the game will end after the first half as far as the competitive parts um, and then we'll come back out and still get plenty of work done fans will still have plenty to see in the second half but we're going to declare a winner and loser uh, at the end of the first half. News team, assemble! It's time for the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers, Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer, Eddie Radosevich. The unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back in. It is time for another edition of the unofficial 40. I am your host, Kerry Murdoch, uh, joined by my co-host, as usual, Joshua Christian and Eddie Radosevich. And uh, here uh, is the Sooners get ready for their spring game coming up uh, over the weekend. You just heard from Lincoln Riley to open things up, and uh, it was... Uh, it's kind of a jarring thing if you if you missed it, which uh, I think Josh did because I screwed up the audio for him. Uh, here was Lincoln Riley talking about the format of the game and how it's all going to go. We're going to do that the first half, uh, see how the first half goes. The, the first half, the, the game will end after the first half as far as the competitive parts. Um, and then we'll come back out and still get plenty of work done. Fans will still have plenty to see in the second half, but we're going to declare a winner and loser uh, at the end of the first half. Which was uh, kind of shocking to hear. Yesterday, I I actually kind of took it as uh, refreshing to know that just being honest, yeah, they're not gonna try and throw some bullshit at us on Saturday, and they're gonna get the work in in the first half, and then in the second half, it's gonna be a bunch of walk-ons. He's yeah, he's just being honest about it. I mean, that's that's the way spring games go every year. Well, I think that plus you got you know you got Marquise Brown racing people and footballs to kick in the stands, and, and I, it sounds like a bunch of that stuff's gonna happen during the second half because uh, we asked Marquise yesterday about it, and he said that. Uh, they're going to do it at halftime, the uh, the race or whatever. Yeah. So I it, it, I think it and it also in a way I think they probably learned from the whole Trace Atkins debacle that they don't want to build something up into people thinking that in the second half there's going to be a two minute drill to, for the win or something like that. Yeah, if I, that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, it, and it also lets the players know, okay. How long, well, when we're out here in the first half, we're going to play hard. We're going to play as well as we can. And then it'll be other guys' turn. It'll be uh, trying to think of the perfect guy for the second half. Joe Castiglione Jr. is going to tear <laughs> up the second half of the spring game this year. Uh, who's the other, who's, at, who's behind Tanner Schaefer? 
maybe Connor McGinnis, a little Connor McGinnis yeah. action. Um, I should have brought the roster in here. I had one. I've got one. I'll grab it before we're done. Uh, but Josh McQuistion joins us, and of course, uh, the build-up to this really is that this is about recruiting, and I know you and Bob have been uh, feverishly tracking down attendees, non-attendees. You got some guys that are taking the ACT uh, that didn't end up coming, or some that are going to try and rush around, but uh, Josh, is the weekend shaping up to be the success that Lincoln Riley had hoped? Honestly, I don't know how Oklahoma could have hoped for it to be this good. I mean, you look at the, like, you, you can get into the nitpicking things of, oh, we wish there was a few more guys at this position, or we wish this was happening here. That's that's fine, I guess. But when you look at the whole of what's coming in, I, I, honestly, I think it's the best visit weekend OU's put together in the, what, 18 years I've been doing this. I mean, it, it's... It really, from top to bottom, with elite guys, with good evaluation guys, and I think more than anything, the thing that people won't think about enough is I think there's a big chance for a snowball effect this weekend because there's a couple of commitments that I know will happen, and I think that could affect some other guys, and maybe you see three, four, five guys start to fall. So do you think that the uh, the eyeball emojis yesterday were for something other than recruiting, or do you think that maybe Lincoln got an idea that, that some commitments were going to, or got some assurances that some commitments were happening? I don't think there's any question that OU knows some things are going to happen. Um, I, I very much think, um, though I, I guess I would say I would hedge a little bit and say that it wouldn't shock me if those two eyeballs are meaningful because there's two I feel very confident about, and I think most people kind of know the two I'm talking about. Um, but at the same time, I definitely I, – I, what I'm trying to decide if, if that is their eyeballs or if he's going to wait and do it again or what that means. But, I mean, I, I don't have a definitive answer on that. But what I can tell you is very interesting is there is a clear and present effort – to kind of keep this more under wraps than in usual. Like, usually there's a very clear, okay, this it's probably going to be this guy. Keep a heads up. Now that there is definitely some effort being put into trying to make this all a little bit of a surprise. Let me ask you, I and I honestly don't know the answer to this. Could a kid commit at the game, like get on the PA speaker and say, I'm committing to the University of Oklahoma? If he could get know. to a microphone, sure. Um, but I don't know. Is there? Is there? I don't think you could have any part in him knowingly doing. Yeah, that's kind of publicizing a visit. Okay. Yeah, I. It would have to be just him adlibbing, and even then, OU, I guarantee compliance would turn it in. Compliance would <laughs> never allow that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. If they could help yeah. it. I, like, I, I guess this weekend must be hell for compliance, with so many alumni coming in uh, with the Bob Stoops thing, which has been publicized. Uh, you know, very well over the last couple of days. And then you add in the fact that there's going to be 15 plus, uh, you know, I guess big time visitors coming in. It will, uh, that, that will be interesting. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to pull up a couple. Yeah. OU has been sending out, they've got the big dinner for Bob going on Friday night. Uh, and a lot of his, his former players are coming back. And Lincoln Riley said this yesterday. And it is it is a uh, a balancing act for a lot of these guys because a lot of them have OTAs getting ready to start. Uh, some guys have already reported and done some stuff with teams. 
Uh, but, I mean, you got guys like Lane Johnson and Tony Jefferson, Trent Williams, Adrian Peterson. Uh, although Peterson not officially with a team right now, he will be. Uh, but, you know, he's not really a generally an a OTA guy. Uh, so he doesn't have to be somewhere. But, I mean, those guys, for, for them to come back and do this, it's it's quite a... a I was thinking about this yesterday, like, how lucky for Lincoln Riley that he's getting this type of support from former players. Yeah, no, from a large part of guys that really never had any connection with Lincoln Riley. And you want to say things like, I mean, no, I don't want to say, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, having Bob Stoops around the program, I mean, that was smart. I mean, for him to still be around kind of keeps that connection going, so. They've done a, they've done a really good job, though, just as far as, it, that, and that's kind of a good idea with the pictures that they've been sending out to former players, and I'm sure they've been sending them out to tweet, you know, hey, yeah, send, out, this. send this out, and. Uh, I'm, I don't know. The, the closer we get, though, I'm I'm excited to see how this whole thing uh, uh, works out with uh, with Friday night. Obviously, uh, you know, we won't be there for that. But uh, Saturday, just with the the entire event, you're not sneaking in. I'm going to be at OU baseball. I play Texas this weekend. So you would you'd rather be there than sneaking into the Bob Stoops thing, getting thrown out? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to be places that I'm uh, wanted. Mm hmm. Yeah, I still haven't got my video invite. You seen those things that they sent out? Yeah, those are that's quite the production. That's impressive, quite the production. Where the where's it even? Uh, they having it at? I Co don't know. Coca Cola Center probably something like that in Oklahoma City. I don't know. Or is it in Norman? I wonder. I don't, I don't know. know. Like you said, when you're not invited to stuff, you don't ask questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, we obviously weren't didn't ride the pine for at OU, so can't can't go. Did they, did I they, did see did they invite like? The guys that never played, or is it no, only I the saw, stars? I saw where Marshall Musel uh, tweeted out, I guess my seven special teams tackles weren't <laughs> enough to get me invited. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you, you gotta know, you gotta be somebody, basically. You have to have had a picture with Bob at some point in, in, on a, on the field. Although, did you see the celebrity, uh, the, uh, the charity basketball fundraiser roster? I don't think I. I think I completely missed that. I can't that. remember who sent it out, but you know they like have this game every Friday before the spring game oh, where guys yeah. come back, and yeah. I think they do it like Norman North High School or something. Is that going to be the group of guys that weren't invited to the party? Well, it was a lot of guys. Like, <laughs> well, like Marcus Trice was on that list. They're going to have their own party afterwards. Kenny Stills is playing apparently, or oh, his, is he really? his name is on there. Maybe he'll uh, do. He'll do a little bit of both. But it was a lot of uh, names on there that you were like, yeah, that's why Oklahoma football kind of had a dip there for a while because it was like jazz reynolds and all kinds of names that were just very so so meh players uh <laughs> i don't think uh i don't think uh guys like trey franks trey mcchwire those guys probably aren't being invited back this weekend well if marcus trice can come back did he get kicked off the team no but he tattled on the on schmitty Apparently, allegedly, to the compliance. Well, there's probably some people that will celebrate him when he returns. <laughs> that asshole's not here anymore. So anyway, uh, yeah, but they're building the stage yesterday after we get done with practice. We're really kind of in that that uh, period where we kind of know what there is to know. Like, you know, we know that Buki's going to be really good. We know, you know, we, we know that, you know, guys have changed positions. I mean... Some of the drama gets sucked out of it because Caleb Kelly's not playing. 
Michael Jones has been sitting out. Q Overton's been sitting out. And I think the the one thing that's going to be bad is there's a lot of people that are banged up. Like we saw yesterday, like Grant Calcaterra didn't even practice. Like Alex Dalton hasn't been going this spring. There are a ton of, and I, I think that's probably the one thing that they don't want you to know is there are a ton of guys that have been banged up. Yeah. Every day we go out there to do, when, when we're allowed to go out there to do interviews, there's a lot of people that just aren't practicing. Like all the offensive linemen pretty much are practicing, so they've yeah. stayed relatively like healthy. Like I saw Rodney Anderson was... Not in street clothes, but he was in just shorts and a shirt yesterday. Of course, you know, a guy breaks his neck, you probably, you you get a pass for just taking it easy with him. Yeah. He's had some horrific injuries. And I think rightfully so. I mean, you don't want, you know, you don't want Rodney Anderson getting hurt or even getting banged up in a spring game. Well, even, I mean, going all the way back to Bob Stoops making the special jersey for Adrian Peterson with the blue numbering on it. Like, yeah. He knew that they had. He knew that everybody wanted to come and see Adrian Peterson, but he couldn't just not play him. So, I think Bob's kind of been mindful of that stuff too. And the one thing that that has never been mentioned by anybody is that the spring game. You know what, Eddie? That they haven't mentioned at all. It's on television. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> well, and I, I think that that is uh, very well coordinated. That that hasn't been publicized yeah. that much. Like, remember the last couple of years is like. That was the biggest storyline was why OU wasn't, or at least in the Stoops era, why wasn't OU televising their spring game? I don't Or was that only just one year that, no, that really... No, I mean, the, that one year ESPN did it, but when they made that deal with Fox Sports is it started, when the, yeah. it started having a Fox Sports started televising it. Uh, and yeah, there might have been a year in there where they didn't, and then they decided to make this deal. But now this... The spring game and the pay-per-view is pretty much where all the Fox Sports money's coming from. What a what a time that was when you had to pay pay-per-view access to a spring game. No, you never did. Oh, you never no, did. No, okay, no. I'm saying the pay-per-view during the season, oh, which oh, will oh, be yeah, yeah, yeah. The who, Fox. Who is it that they've scheduled for that this year? <sighs> they just released it recently. Well, it's it the crappiest probably, of crappy teams well, on the skin. It's not Florida Atlantic. I mean, I don't think they have this year, this next year, because they have Florida Atlantic, UCLA, and uh, Army. I think you're talking about that Missouri Southern game. Yeah, the Missouri whatever. Southern game. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's, it's not 20, this year, but I know what you mean. or whatever. Yeah, that's your Missouri that's your pay per view game for that year. That's if they're even playing football in 2020. I mean, they've got to have a pay per view game. I don't think they will this year, or unless it's a conference game. I mean, UCLA's They'll not... have to make... Uh, UCLA won't. Atlantic. Army won't. Uh, Florida Atlantic's already on uh, Fox, I think. I think so. I can't imagine one of the networks not eating that up. Lane Kiffin, Well, Oklahoma, it's possible the they. Thing. Yeah, it's possible they sold it to them. So it's possible they're getting a whole bunch of money for letting mm-hmm. somebody televise it. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I said, I'll have to ask Joe C. about that. Um, the one thing... That is interesting is is Josh OU has made such a big deal out of this game with recruiting. It's amazing to see all these other schools canceling their spring games. Uh, Michigan just announced that they're canceling theirs. Uh, Wisconsin has canceled theirs. West Virginia has canceled theirs. Like, are these schools, are they not making their spring games into big recruiting weekends? Or they're just going to say, okay, we're not going to have a spring game. We're going to concentrate solely on our recruits. You know... I, I don't think anybody, probably nationally, has committed as much to their spring game as Oklahoma has. I mean, they they really, 
and because you guys know how it is. Every spring game is always a big recruiting weekend, but it's generally regional guys, local guys, and then maybe one or two national guys that have a specific interest or that was the time they could make it, you know, whatever the case was. But Oklahoma has sold out so hard on this official visit list. I mean, we've got 16 confirmed guys. (coughs) Excuse me, had to sneeze there. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. Did that sound like a small explosion? (laughs) Josh is dying, everybody. Yeah, sorry. I probably could have muted my mic there, but I wanted everybody to take part. Um, anyway, so you've got 16 official visitors uh, for, you know, from the high school ranks. You've got the one grad transfer in Jay Hayes, the defensive lineman from Notre Dame, and one more we're still trying to confirm is, is going to be an official visit, and that's uh, Joseph Wete. I'm not quite sure how to say his last name. Uh, kind of an edge rusher from the uh, Washington, D.C. area. So, I don't think there was anybody in the country that was going to have half that number, much less a, the full 18. So Oklahoma's committed a lot to this idea, and I, I think what I understand is in some of these cases, this is a safety thing. Like West Virginia did not feel like it was going to be safe to have people on campus. So I'm guessing no one showed up, nothing like that happened. I don't know about all these situations, but there's no question – this is a really bad break for some of these schools because the spring game, other than your six, seven home games per year, that's your best chance to advertise in front of recruits with the fans there and all the, you know, the camaraderie and the pomp and circumstance. You get all of that, and you're going to just miss that ent- uh, entire opportunity. And really, that's that's your only time for about the course of six to seven months to really have a big situation like that. Uh, and you mentioned the uh, official visits. You're also going to have a grad transfer official visit in Jay Hayes from Notre Dame. Uh, what can you tell us uh, on, on how that all developed, Josh? Well, what I just what I have gathered is that this has all come together pretty quickly. I mean, this is not a guy that Oklahoma had been eyeballing for a while. I'd need to go back and look at when he actually uh, announced his departure to have that exact date. But this is something that I, I think, like I said, came together quickly. From what I can gather, you know, I talked to a few people that think he may be the most important visitor this weekend. Oklahoma, this is not a guy that Oklahoma's kind of going to see how it goes. If he wants to come, Oklahoma absolutely wants to take him. So I, I think he's a guy that adds immediate depth to the defensive end position. He fits Oklahoma really well. He's, you know, he's coming out of a scheme that's going to be familiar to him uh, with Notre Dame running a lot of three down front. So there is a really easy fit. And it's just more quality depth. I mean, you start looking at that defensive line and, you know, you add him to a group of, you know, Gallimore, Bledsoe, uh, Kenneth Mann, you know, you go down that list, maybe not any superstars in there, but you start getting guys where you can roll in a two deep and feel pretty good about it. It's one of those situations that like, why there is no downside to adding a guy like that. A guy that has started at school, like Notre Dame. I feel like there's just absolutely no downside to something like that. Because you don't know how the freshmen are going to come along. I mean, there's no guarantees that, you know. Well, and you don't know Perkins who's going to get gonna, injured. Yeah. I mean, I mean, all of a sudden you have a Matt Romar situation where a guy can't play for half of a season. I, I just, I, I don't see why you wouldn't. And especially. Now, I meant to mention, uh, and he, just because he came up, and sorry to interrupt you, Eddie, I thought no, you fine. were. Uh, Ronnie Perkins is a guy I've heard has had a really good camp. Like, they've been really pleased with him. And yeah. I, 
I was told, you know, back when he signed that there was every expectation that he would play this year. I think he's walking right into that role. Like I think they're very, he's very much on pace with what they what they had hoped. Yeah, I mean, I he's a guy. People I've talked to that have watched practice say that he and, and Redmond are the two guys that really stand out, uh, even more so than Gums or Mark Jack. Just physically, they're just on a different level and, and making plays as young guys. So. I, yeah, I think you probably start, you know, Perkins, let him mature. I think Redmond's a guy who doesn't redshirt, uh, but plays some and tries to get it figured out. And I, I think the good thing is, you know, he's got two guys that can help him along in Ruffin McNeil and Calvin Thibodeau. And then you've got the entire summer to kind of keep working with him. And, I, you know, I think you can get a guy ready that's here that early with that ability. I told somebody, and guys, you guys can, you saw him in person. You can answer this better than I did. I thought when I saw the pictures and the video you, everybody had of him, or, you know, not everybody, that Eddie had of him. That's the only video I'll ever watch. Um, <laughs> of who? You know, but, uh, you know, when I was watching that, and seeing, like Redmond. I said, looking at oh. some of the pictures on Sooner Sports, is it me or did he look more the part than you guys expected? And I had seen Ronnie a couple of months ago in San Antonio at the Army game. But he really, I thought he was going to come out and look a little smaller compared to some of his peers, but I thought he looked the part completely. I, it's the number seven. It's a single <laughs> digit. I don't You're know. Bad, we, You're a bad man in the single digits. When we saw him in St. Louis, I was like, yeah, that guys, I mean, I hope he doesn't get too big to be a defensive end. That was kind of my thought when I first saw him. Sure, sure. I mean, and he's... Like I said, it, 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 if you were if Oklahoma were to move to a four man front, you wonder about that. I mean, you wonder if he slides inside, but that'd be this case for almost every defensive end on OU's roster right now. They finally have the kind of DNs that fit the scheme they seem to want to run. I would say that maybe you know I don't I don't really think about it or notice it that much, just because like you look at a guy like Amani Bledsoe, who's he's really gaining. I mean, he's getting bigger and bigger. I mean, he looks like he's starting to look more like a grown man. Hopefully legally. I hope illegally. <laughs> not cheating. You're not trying. Um, that's that's PC North stuff. There, we don't. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, we claim Heisman Trophy winners. Oh, state championships. In hoops, though, right? In hoops, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're. Eddie, can we just get through the show anymore. without getting into uh, uh, you pissing off half the Greek community today? Did I piss off the Greek community? I mean, you went after the. SAEs and the betas last week. It was all in love. I partied with them all weekend. Did you? Yeah. At the at your darty. Yeah. How'd that go? It went great. Sang the national anthem. It was beautiful. Was it in somebody's backyard? Yeah. Was it just packed full of people? No, it wasn't too packed. Okay. It was fun though. What? You talked to uh, Cody Ford yesterday, Carrie. Mm -hmm. I'm very intrigued by this right tackle situation. Yeah, it's interesting, but. At the same time, I'll say this: Is that a Cody Ford a says? Thing? Cody Ford says that he's a he's a tackle now. He says he he finished last season in the three fifty three sixty range, and he got down to three forty, and it's allowed him to move around. He said he wants to get down to three thirty by fall camp, but he says that's that he sees himself as a tackle now. I talked to Samia, and I said, "Are you still you know are you still a swing guy?" And he was like. You know, I'm whatever I need to be, but he's still playing a lot of guard. 
I is that more of a situation that they need a right tackle or they feel like they are better with Cody Ford playing tackle? I'd say that Adrian Ely is not where they want him to be yet. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. And Quinn Mittermeyer is not probably not going to be that guy. I don't think. I mean, Beanbow's got too many guys. He doesn't want to have another. Oh, it's a great situation to have to be able to but, move I mean, somebody out Compared there. to when he first got here, he doesn't want another Derek Farniok situation on his hands or yeah. a Josiah St. John. Like, I think he would like to err on the side of experience. It's just, that's a... Uh, and he did, I mean, he did have, you know, that, that the, uh, he was the offensive, was, wasn't he the offensive line coach for the uh, Sugar Bowl Alabama game? He was, right? Beat him both? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you're talking about with the, the Farniok and Bronson Irwin and all well, that Well, yeah, stuff. I mean, but he's the guy that had Bronson Irwin move to right tackle for that game. Yeah. And yeah. It worked out well. Yeah. Worked out how much, well. Guys, how much do you think this could be a function of maybe what Oklahoma's looking to do offensively next year? Like, we, Cody, we're not going to have as many pass drops. We're going to do some different stuff in the run game. We're going to build a lot around Rodney Anderson and Trey point. Sermon. Yeah. And we're going to let Cody Ford just lock on to people and beat the crap out of them. I said this before. I could see OU run for more yards than they throw for next year. I think it's possible. Because, I mean, you've got to think Kyler Murray is going to contribute, what, five, six, seven hundred yards without too much trouble? I think he'll be a thousand yard rusher. Next yeah. Year. I, 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 your, your best, your best, probably your second best runner on the team is your quarterback. Maybe first. I mean, I could see him being like a thousand yard rusher and a. I mean, he's going to throw so many deep balls. I mean, he could get to 3,000 pretty easily. But, I mean, I could see him being a 1,000 rusher, a 2,500-yard passer, and then have two running backs that rush for two for 1,000 apiece. Hell, I mean, Rodney Anderson could rush for 1,500 yards next year. I, I, To me, Rodney Anderson's one of the best dark horse Heisman guys in the country. With that O-line coming back, all the carries he'll get. Saquon Barkley's gone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what other elite running back is out there? Exactly, because there's always that one running back I mean, that everybody focuses on. It's got a chance to be Sonny him. Michelle and, and Nick Chubb are gone. It's still shocking to me that halfway through the Kansas State game, I was thinking, give the ball to Rodney Anderson, that's a wasted down. Yeah. I know. You know I mean, that's when he broke out. We all did. I mean, it's not just you that has to own it, Eddie. I mean, like, I I think most, even most diehard OU fans thought, man, just a shame that guy's injuries. He's just never going to be the guy he was. The 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 two running backs that probably oh, I was all a in. Nod I was all in. Rodney on that. Anderson or Bryce Love and Jonathan Taylor going into yeah, next Bryce year. Love. I didn't think about him. Ooh, but yeah, we all know Bryce that Love. Bryce Love, great running back, maybe the softest human possible. <laughs> Took taking himself he's out of a tiny. game because of his finger. I'm he's bleeding. Just, he's just tiny. He's not a big dude. Like Saquon Barkley was massive. Yeah. Well, and the way Stanford runs, I mean, it's not like they're running a bunch of toss sweeps and getting him out in space. Like they're running power eye stuff. They want they want to club him, and it's just like with McCaffrey. I mean, sooner or later, it's just more than his body can take. I thought Abdul Adams was OU's best back for the first half of the season last year. Same. And I still think he's a really good running back. He just, I don't know, he must have done something to Bullware that he did not like with the fumbling. Well, I mean, <laughs> and the funny thing is that it was really only one fumble. 
Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the Oklahoma the State one, one was overturned. overturned, yeah. But but he had one fumble, yeah, and then the Oklahoma State one, then he never played again. Then he transferred. Do you think they got in a huge fight? Because he's like, Abdul, you keep putting the ball on the ground. And he's like, the hell I did. It wasn't even a fumble. And they're like, you're not getting by on that technicality. <laughs> like, the way we, that, we, we know that was probably a fumble. The way that his dad talked after he uh, transferred to Syracuse, maybe his dad was calling Jay Bulware, and he's just yeah. like, I'm not putting up with this shit. That's, I think that's a high possibility. We've got plenty of parents or recruits that listen. Don't do that. Don't don't call coach. Just just stay out of it. Let your kid handle it. Call I, Josh. I always thought it was interesting that you know you would have a parent that would call Bob. Like you can you imagine? Like Bob was not the type of personality Bob Stoops. I think that would react well to a parent calling and bitching about playing time. Do you know who whose dad could call Bob? Sam's dad could call Bob. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's dad could call Bob. You better be the effing man on that team. That that's the only way that's going to be okay. You or better not be, better be the man. You better not be Jazz Reynolds' dad. Yes. Yes. He, all Bob's going to do is book you a flight back to Houston, Jazz. Or Kareem Jackson's dad. Camille. Kareem. Camille. Camille. See. He's, on he hit me up the other day. He's now training He's in coaching. the Dallas area. Is he I really? haven't heard from Camille in years. He followed yep. me on Twitter yesterday. It's mm-hmm. funny that you say that. Camille was a good kid. He was always nice to deal with, but man, his recruiting was just chaotic. Well, and his transfer was chaotic. Oh. He transferred to Texas A&M without telling Texas A&M. Well, Baker Mayfield transferred to Oklahoma without telling Oklahoma. Yeah, that's a little different in my mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, absolutely. Bob Stoops didn't have to call reporters and say, uh, will you guys please stop stop reporting this? Because <laughs> that happened with Kevin Sumlin. Uh. Like, he's screwing up my recruiting by announcing that he's transferring here because we don't want him. This guy's ruining everything. Uh, So, yeah, I mean... <sighs> I, it is going to be interesting watching Ronnie Perkins and Jalen Redmond because I think you will get to see a lot of those guys. Um, I, starters, you know, first half, I think you'll see them. I don't think you'll see a lot of the defensive linemen probably. You'll probably see a little bit of Monty Bledsoe and, and Gallimore, and then they'll get them out of there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I Josh, that was, a, that, that was a, a really good take on the whole – Maybe you just put more of a road grader out at tackle because you know you're not going to be dropping back as much. Or when you do drop back, there's going to be so much, you know, motion and misdirection and you know fake pitches and options and stuff like that. It's it's just going to be a different type of offense. And you know, Bobby Evans is 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 the guy that they used to do a lot of athletic stuff out on the edge, whether it was screens or whatever. Like, he's going to give you a different dimension having a left tackle, too, that you can use oh, in the run game. I, I don't know that you lose that much athletically with the combo of Cody Ford and Bobby Evans at tackle than you had last year. I mean, it, guys, look at the combine. I mean, I don't think anybody has any illusions left over that Orlando Brown was some elite athlete at left tackle. He had huge size, and there were some things he could do that I don't think Cody can do, and I, and I get that. But at the same time, I, I don't think you're like, oh, well, now we're you know we're uh, we're devoid of athleticism at tackle. Bobby Evans can cancel out almost anybody. He's so good the way he can pull and work in space. 
Yeah, he's a totally different monster than Orlando Brown. Orlando's mm-hmm. a blunt instrument. Oh yeah, which is what Cody is. Yeah. I mean, you Cody gets which in a is phone what Ben Powers is about anybody. Yeah, I mean, I think Ben Powers you can include in that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even sure blunt object does it for for Ben Powers. He's like a he's like, he's a like a unformed knives. Yeah, he's something. like an unformed tool. Exactly. Like he like you just don't. He's gonna hurt you if you get too close to him. He's like, like Tom he's, Hanks on an island trying to <laughs> hit rocks onto other rocks to form a tool. Mm-hmm. I make it's, the worst analogies about Ben Powers. I asked him one time if we got into. I asked him, I told him he reminded me of the accountant, you know, because he was just, he didn't say anything. He just mm-hmm. kind of sat there and stared at us like he was going to kill everyone. And he actually which fits, that your, was, which fits with the comparison you're making. Which he kind of liked that comparison. I don't know if he'll like the Tom Hanks banging two rocks together comparison. <laughs> Castaway, by the way, if you haven't seen it. It's a wonderful movie. Eddie would not survive watching that movie. I've seen it. You've seen it? Mm-hmm. Did you think it was the worst movie you've ever seen? I'm not I... much of a fan of no dialogue movies. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's a very calming movie for me. The if whole... I went down in a plane wreck, i just kind of pulling that I die. I don't really want to be You'd kill, you would have. Together. You would have hung yourself on the tree. I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have just laid there until I just died, wilted. Just drown yourself, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I, I'm kind of with Eddie. Maybe like, get uh, on a raft, try and be Alien Gonzalez, try and get back to America. <laughs> he did get on a raft. He had to build the raft. He was smart enough. He tried several times. Not one of it was a good movie. I like Tom Hanks, but I mean, it's it's not You've Got Mail. I mean, it's not a classic. <laughs> this Meg this Ryan better than conver- Wilson. Oh yeah. This feeds a conversation Tiffany and I have a lot, guys. I am one of those people. Like, if I lost an arm in a car accident, oh. I don't really want to go on. Like, I don't. I don't have any use for being one armed. And I, I'm sorry for all those that listening that do have. Wow, like, your I'm survival like, instinct I'm, is shit. I'm like, pull the plug. And she's like, Josh, over an arm. You, you like, you lose an arm. There's no plug being pulled. I'm like, I, I don't want to. Well, just find the plug. Pull it. Like, there, there's got to be some way to do this because I just. I don't. I don't want to live like that. Especially like a leg, I, an arm, maybe. Maybe you I don't can find need a, way a leg. To get that. You need an arm. I mean, you have to type. You could live without a leg. You're not. You're not an athlete. Oh, I'm an athlete. Just learn Make how to no type mistake. with your feet. I mean, my God, the poor people who serve our country and come back without limbs. I'm. They're. They're Josh better is people saying, than I am. Just they're better it. people than I am. I, that there's, I'm all, I'm all for there the goes troops. our wounded warriors sponsorship and <laughs> project I've been working on so hard. We all those months just we'll lost. Make it up with some really good Trace Atkins video this weekend. Will you go out there for that? I mean, I probably have to be out there just because it's like there'd be nowhere else to go. Thirty just minutes get videos of all the former players. Just follow around Adrian Peterson. Let's see if Adrian Peterson will let us mic him up. Oh, you'd probably be like, no, can't do that. Oh, oh, you would probably kick us out if we tried to do that. He'd probably just kill us anyway. He doesn't want to do all that that noise. Lane Johnson might let us do whatever we want. Lane Johnson, good guy. I want to see. Lane Johnson might kill like 45 beers at the Bob Stoops thing on Friday <laughs> night. I've been, I've been 
around him at parties. It takes a lot of beer. I would to imagine. get him crazy. I mean, one of the greatest photos to this day is the his hand with a Bud Light beer can. It looks like a oh thimble yeah, it's like Andre the Giant drinking. Yeah, it. it's like when you go to the store and you buy those tiny cokes. Yeah. It's incredible. Don't ever buy those tiny cokes. By the way, it's just it's a waste. I can't remember the last time I had a canned Coke. I can't either. We're not in high school. I can't uh, remember the last time I even had a bottle. Yeah. Like any, I, if like I a get, glass if I, bottle if I or just plastic? Drink, I go to Sonic. Hmm. I get bottles all the time. I, but I mean, to be fair, I don't. I hardly ever drink soda. Like, I mean, probably I might have one every two weeks, maybe. Nice to know that you're too good for us. You won't. Uh, you won't continue living if you lose an arm, and uh, True. you will not buy plastic bottles. Yes, that's that's also well. I mean, I, I, my bottled water, my Evian. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Evian, but definitely a lot of bottled water in the world. Fiji, so. Fiji. He's a Fiji guy. Uh, Fiji's good. Fiji's a good one. I, I'm very particular about. I, actually, I'm not particular about my waters at all. I'm particular about tap. But other than that, we're we're, we're good. Eddie, uh, baseball's going on right now. We'll get back to recruiting stuff. Uh, but uh, the Sooners, pretty good. The Sacred Field. Yeah, they're twenty three and eleven now, up to fifteen and one poll, I believe. Yeah, there's so many college baseball polls. It's actually kind of ridiculous how many college baseball polls there are. But there are fifteen and one, sixteen and two, and then and and two different ones, and then seventeen and another. And um, does gotta, baseball America still exist? Yeah, baseball okay. America. They are fifteen in baseball America, so that's the highest one. Uh, but yeah, they're playing really well. I mean, they. Took two or three over the weekend. They're now eight and one in conference. Got a big one coming up this weekend with uh, Texas coming to town, and uh, had a nice thirteen nothing smooth victory over uh, Little Rock last night. Which you know, I think a lot of people look at Arkansas Little Rock and think that they're not very good, but they're actually decent in RPI. Uh, they're coming off of a, a win last week against Louisiana Tech, who's in the top twenty-five. They so. make it a regional last year, didn't they? I think so. I think that's probably right. I don't know off the top of my head. I know that they're uh, they're a top 50 RPI, though. And then they have Oral Roberts tonight, who's terrible in the RPI, so that won't give them much help. But uh, they have Texas, and then their next three weekend series are Texas at Tech and then the Bedlam series. And those will be uh, big ones because uh, those are, coincidentally, two, three, and four behind them in the Big 12 standings. So. Now, uh, Kyler Murray was out last night sick? Yeah, he's sick. And that, that will be kind of something to watch over the next couple of days because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Skip kind of put it as simply as I hope he doesn't have the flu. And uh, so they gave him some meds last night. So they played tonight again. They played tonight against ORU. Well, they, and, then and then Friday, Friday night. So Friday, if Saturday, Tyler doesn't Sunday. play Friday, you know, he might not be might playing not play. in the spring game. Yeah. I would, unless he has the flu, I would be surprised if he doesn't play Friday, though. They, uh, yeah, it's you a can, big series. As much crap as they can, those athletes, they can recover pretty quick. Yeah. So I, it'll be interesting. It'll be something to watch maybe tonight even. See if he's back out there or even back in the dugout. Can you imagine if uh, we have Flugate again with the next OU quarterback? We just had one in the Rose Bowl. Know how to cover it. (laughs) Definitely know how to cover it. Uh, Baker, man, he is... uh, I know a lot of people that are like, Baker, settle down with a girlfriend on Instagram. It's a lot to take in. That'll be over in a year. (laughs) 
He goes through them. Why do we always talk about quarterbacks and girls? Because they go hand in hand. We had our Trevor Knight stuff for a while. Just banging for Jesus. I hope he comes back to Norman this weekend. I think he is. Is he? Yeah. I I think he might be uh, working his way back to Katy Perry. She's the worst. She's absolutely ruined. The Voice. The Voice or American or Idol? American Idol, whichever the one she's on. I'm surprised that you even give it even a moment of your time to care. I like I like singing shows. <laughs> that's Eddie the, is a never-ending basket of surprises. That I is the weirdest thing, yeah, that you ever admitted. I, I like uh, I like watching them. You like uh, like Master Chef? No, I love Master. I, I don't like watching. For some reason, I don't like watch cooking shows because then I always end up thinking, "Man, that looks really good." Now I'm really hungry. I I love watching cooking shows. I cannot stand that world's the worst cooks in America show because if people don't know how to use a microwave, those are the people that we should be calling from this earth. People don't know how like to use Like if you don't know how to boil pasta in water, you don't deserve to live. I mean, I'm I'm as bad as it gets at that stuff, but I know how to do that. Like make a hot dog. It's just I can't say it drives me. It's like Nails on a chalkboard. Those people are so stupid. So anyway. How bad, how poor, I guess it's not poorly planned, but I mean, just bad luck. The next three days in Oklahoma are 79 degrees, 84 degrees, 81 degrees. And then it drops to what, Saturday, 49 degrees. That sucks. With a northwest 30 mile per hour wind. That still has time to move though. Well, it's I don't think it will. And then it's 56, 68, 84. So the one day. The one day in the next six days that it's supposed to be under 50 is Saturday. Uh, I, I'd say 115, bright sunlight, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I'll say that, like, I don't know how the attendance is going to be at this thing. I know. I'm saying over 60. Joe I think that has is said a, that the ticket sales have gone well. I think it'll be at 60. I mean, yeah, I, probably the over-under to set is at 60. But here's the thing, guys. Like, if you put 60,000 people in that stadium, you really can't tell a huge difference between that and 80,000. You can't. I think if you if you get the east and west lower sides, that's all you're going to That's good. really pay attention to. Well, and also, guys, I mean, with the whole, you know, Eddie sent that shot out yesterday of them setting up uh, – Trace Atkins' whole setup, they're not going to have full use of the north end zone, are they? I wouldn't think that they could rip that stuff down that quickly. Exactly. I mean, so you're going to lose, what, five, probably five, I mean, 10,000 seats? It's taken them all week to set it up. And, my, and this is just me going off memory, but I don't think that they've let people sit in the end zones anyways in past years. It's always uh-huh. been filling the east and west sides. And obviously, last year with the or two years ago with the construction in the south end zone, you couldn't sit down there. Do you have? I mean, do you, are are there there are no reserved seats? So can anybody like sit in the south end zone if they want to? I don't know how that works this year. I really don't. Because last year they used it as a kind of a wasn't it? Well, I guess not last year because they'd already debuted it the year before. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. 
I mean, I'd want to sit over there. They got the the seat backs. But I would think that they'd if you bought those tickets, they you'd want to sit in them for this. I don't know. I have no idea. I I probably just want to sit in a suite and then stay for 30 minutes and leave, but that's just me. Just leave at halftime. Would you really, if you were just a fan, you'd just go and watch a little bit and then leave? Oh, I I mean, unless it was like 75 out and there was a big group coming down, I probably wouldn't go. You wouldn't want to stay to see, uh, like, uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of a freshman that we haven't talked much about. No, I, I, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, no, I mean, I, I think yeah. If, if we're talking about, you know, attractions and guys to look out for, I mean, we've talked about Ronnie Perkins. We've talked about Jalen Redmond. Um, yeah, I think I, I wrote in our kind of roundtable, like, I'm I'm interested just to see Levi Draper play a little bit because we haven't seen anything from him. He's been hurt the whole time. I'm interested in Kennedy Brooks, TJ Pledger, which I imagine both of those guys will get a ton of carry Saturday. Yeah, I. It's just along gonna, with Joe Castiglione Jr. I feel like this is one of those things that happens every year, though. It's going to be a, it's a, it's a glorified practice. Yeah, and but they run three yards and wrap them up, and then they do it again. I forgot to ask Lincoln if they're tackling all the way to the ground. I mean, I'm sure they will in the first half, but after like 25 minutes, it's like, okay, well. You see him running the same plays over and over. They're just going to throw a bunch of deep balls. And it's 50 degrees with a 30-mile-per-hour north wind. You Do I need to buy some hand warmers? No, I have some. I can already tell you, though, if it's cold out, it's not going to be fun. Eddie, do you have the the electronic hand warmers, like the ones that you can plug in and charge, and then they'll no. they'll warm your hands up? No, I go old school with the uh, you shake them up. Uh, I bought a couple of those last year on Amazon. They're like 20 bucks. That's some of the best money I've ever spent. How often do you use those in Houston? Well, <laughs> not in, in Houston, not all that often, but when I travel and go wherever else, right. it's awesome. Like, I mean, because they will, and they'll run until the battery dies, and you can just recharge them. Like, it's, they're rechargeable. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even seen those. Now, I'll, I'll send you a link, man. It's like I said, it's about 20 bucks. Hell, as much as we make you travel, I'll buy them for you. Like they're they are, they're awesome. That they're, they're I can't believe I've never thought to tell you about them before. But yeah, they're. Yeah, I never heard of such a thing. They're um, like I said, I plug them into a USB port. Like I mean, it's it's that you know kind of advanced. They're not like a walled plug or anything like that. So it's uh, and they're just you know there's little things. Tiffany, Tiffany actually took mine. I had to order one for her. Because it's you know it's she's always in the operating room. Well, it's cold as hell in the operating room. They keep it at like fifty five, sixty degrees. It's like a meat locker, and um, so she took them with her. And now I think probably half the nurses at the hospital have bought them since. Uh, by the way, you mentioning traveling and uh, high school games and stuff like that. How about the? Uh, it's it's been floating out there for a while, but I, I did talk to Bill Hasten this morning. He said that I guess tomorrow. Jinx is going to officially announce Alan Trimble will be uh, retiring. But what a hole in the high school football landscape that's creating. 
Eddie said it yesterday. I mean, that might be the biggest, biggest job opening in Oklahoma in 30 years. Maybe ever. I mean, just Jinx is is one of the linchpins of not just Oklahoma, but high school football around the country. I mean, you go to Los Angeles and you talk about Jinx, the people in the right circles, they know what Jinx is. You know, the same deal anywhere. I mean, Jinx is a national name like Pauly or Aquinas or any of those other schools. So, I mean, Jinx is Modern a big day, deal. Yeah. And for what they, you know, and frankly, like we talked about it, I mean, Jinx is in a little bit of an interesting spot here with Trimble stepping down. Obviously, last year was one of their lesser years in a while and not a lot of young talent that's obviously coming through. It's going to be an interesting year to see who they hire there. I know I've already heard from a few people that will be interested. I don't think there is an obvious heir apparent on the staff. So, I mean, it's it's a it's crazy to see, but man, you know I'll, I'll let Eddie talk about it a little bit as well. But I mean, it's sad. I mean, just Alan Trimble is one of the truly good guys in high school football. Always loved dealing with him. Was always great to Eddie and I during all of our years and years of the state tour. Gave plenty of time to us when he didn't have to, and just uh, a tremendously good guy. And you just hope that this isn't a indication of things not going well with his health of all that he already has going on. I mean, but Alan's one of those guys you want around for a long time, you know, helping Oklahoma high school football. Well, yeah. he's, he's got ALS. He's, yeah. he's suffering, yeah. which is Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, I, I know, I like I said, I talked to Bill Haston at the Tulsa World this morning about a few things about it. And, uh, you know, he, it sounds like he is starting to kind of digress a little bit uh, and just knew that, he wasn't going to be able to to lead another year as as a high school coach. So I mean, and you've seen that. I mean, you've seen the NFL guys that you know the CTE stuff that they end up with symptoms of ALS and how quickly it can go, and it's a scary, scary deal. Um, and I I also know from talking to Bill, like I can only imagine what it's it, it, being at high school like that. I'm sure there's probably like factions like bring back Rocky Calmus to be our coach. I mean, I'm sure some of that's going on. Uh, but like, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be well, what about what, what we go steal Bill Blankenship from Owasso. But apparently, Blankenship wants to coach for three more years and hang it up and just stay at Owasso. Yeah, it seemed like that was always the plan, or he's he's been openly said that. Yeah, Blankenship has. Uh, but I mean, you look at what Alan Tribble did at Jinx; it's just incredible. Twenty-two seasons, thirteen state titles, uh, two forty-two and forty-one uh, overall, and was only beat eight times at home. I think I was Jeez. there for probably three of those eight losses in the last th- four years. I mean, it just absolutely incredible. His first six teams uh, went an overall record of seventy nine and four, and I think those are the the Rocky Kalmus, Rocky Bright, that group of guys up there at Jinx. So. Yeah, I was at the the Rocky Kalmus's last state championship game. It was when in, they just killed uh, UConn. It was uh, I think it was in Stillwater. Maybe that was his junior year. Um, but yeah, they, they were monsters. I mean, is that when they just absolutely dominated UConn beat? I think Richard Schwartz was a running back on that UConn team. Yeah, I that, think that, that was, that, I think that's right. I think that was the 98 jinx team. And I'm pretty sure that's the one that goes down as kind of the benchmark for everything. Maybe I the mean, best they, ever. They, they might be the best high school football team ever in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, I know people in Tulsa that have covered high school football. They, they think that's the best high school team that was ever assembled. I'm sure. Barry Lewis could tell you. From the Tulsa yeah. world. 
he would, I'm sure, have a running list of best well, teams. Well, that's Hastings. He said that, he told me that that's his best team he's, Is ever, it? he's ever covered. It's incredible. They were a machine. So, yeah, and it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, Union's not going anywhere. BA's continuing to nip at everybody's heels, but they haven't made that that uh, ascension yet. Eddie was there for the game when they had Devin Thomas play the entire game over. That was his sophomore year, right? And they still couldn't. And Union put in some freshman running back that just went nuts. Was that the Buchanan kid? I think that's Back right. In the day. Yeah. I think that's right because Buchanan played a little bit as a freshman as well. That would have probably been about the same. That's time. the closest BA's gotten. They haven't been back that close, right? They haven't been back to the state championship. No. I don't believe so. Because Union went on the three straight run. So yeah, I mean, Jinx is uh that's that's a little bit of a danger zone for them now. It'll be interesting. I there will be a lot of attention because, you know, like Josh said, it is that is probably the biggest opening in a long, long time at the university, or at University of Oklahoma, uh, at the high school level. There's been some good job openings here recently, so it will be very interesting to see if they. Uh, and Jinx is, it feels like is one of those schools that they'll try and stay inside the Jinx program, but mm-hmm. there, I don't know how many options are are truly out there. It's probably a little scary too, knowing you know unions had that change, Blankenship left, didn't go well. So, but I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of assistance from the Blankenship tree, from the Trimble tree that definitely I think that you'd have to consider, including some that have been over here on this side of the state. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, kind of back to the recruiting weekend, Josh. I think the one thing, just when you look down the list and by the way, uh, Josh and, and Bob have been doing a fantastic job all week there's a a thread up the red white visitor list on the crimson corner where we're keeping track of all official and unofficial visitors uh there's a lot of uh even the guys that were 2018 signees that aren't here yet a lot of those guys coming back in josh i know um but i'll tell you i'll start out with kind of what interests me just looking at this list is you have three five-star wide receivers all on not just visits, but official visits this weekend. Josh, are you there? Yeah, cut out a little bit on me there. Sorry. Uh, I I was saying the thing that really stands out to me is that you've got three five-star wide receiver prospects all visiting this weekend. Well, to put that in perspective... There are three current five-star wide receivers on Rivals.com. All three of them will be in Norman this weekend. <laughs> that's that's, that's nuts. just nuts yeah. when you think about it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I mean, it says a lot for what Oklahoma's doing at, at wide receiver. I mean, now, obviously, there's some kind of perfect storm. Theo Weiss, obviously, being a Dallas guy at Allen, where Oklahoma always recruits well. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood, even a guy from Georgia, his dad is from Oklahoma, grew up an OU fan. I mean, there, there's, some, so there's some connection there. But it's also Oklahoma's just done an outstanding job recruiting these guys. I mean, because this isn't a situation where Oklahoma's getting a token visit and it, they're not really involved and, it, you know, it's just a kid taking a trip for fun. They, Theo Weiss and R.J. Henderson, OU leads for. I mean, there's just no doubt about it, no question. And Jaden Hazelwood, I, I, I 
think he probably ends up at Georgia. I think that he, he'll end up sticking with his commitment. But it's not foregone. I mean, he, he can't seem to put OU to bed. Like, he keeps saying, oh, I'm solid to Georgia, I'm committed to Georgia. But at the same time, this is his third trip to Norman. I mean, that that's not – this is a kid from, you know, uh, the Atlanta area. This is not something he can keep doing over and over again just for giggles. So he, he clearly has interest. Oklahoma's hitting the right notes with him. And if, you know, they can find the right the right mixture, I mean, a five-star from, from the SEC, that that doesn't happen. I mean, that doesn't, at least it hasn't happened. To my knowledge, I don't think Oklahoma's ever landed a five star from the SEC, at least in my roughly 20 years of doing this. Does, I mean, just his presence being here, does that, I mean, at some point, you've got, you've got to have Theo Weiss and RJ Henderson make their final decisions. Are either of those guys, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but both seem like they they know that that's coming, right? I mean, that these guys are close to coming up with a decision here soon. And does, yeah. does Hazelwood be oh, in, in and, and does Hazelwood being in town maybe put some pressure on them? I, I think that's an interesting angle. I, I don't think that's what's going to end up playing out. I think these guys have a pretty clear plan of how they want to handle this and what, what their timeline is and all that sort of thing. So I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see if they even meet Jaden Hazelwood before maybe that plan starts to come into play. I, I guess is the safest way I can say that. Um, but there's no question. I mean, those guys know, <clears throat> goodness gracious, those guys know that Oklahoma is not just recruiting good receivers, but literally is in on some of the best guys in the country. I mean, it, it's it's crazy the shape Oklahoma is in at receiver, running back, and defensive back right now. I mean, they are not just like the good guys, the Rivals 250 guys that obviously are good for your program, going to help you, or guys that can play at an elite level, but they are recruiting the top one, top two, top three guys in the country. And and that's just, like I said, that's not a plane that OU always lives on. So I think it kind of speaks to, what Lincoln Riley's been able to do in, you know, under a year on the job. It's almost like uh, they're becoming the Kentucky basketball on the, the offensive side of the ball. It's getting all the, the best All-Americans. They're on the Duke-Kentucky train. Yeah, without an asshole running the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, John Kyle Perry's an asshole. We all know that, right? By the way, Kansas, did you see they get lumped into the Adidas scandal today? Yeah, it was about time. I think I knew. I mean, we knew. Call, I called that forever ago. Yeah, as soon as you but, saw that Adidas was involved, you knew that Kansas was and involved. And every single one of those players that they've had is an Adidas player. And Kansas came comes out and says that they're the victim. Well, can't, poor Kansas. You can't call yourself a victim when you're taking all that money from, from the people doing it. Kansas. You're in bed with Adidas. Kansas has to realize that when it gets down to the bottom of it, no one gives a f*** about college basketball. If college basketball is running your program and your school, do people really care? In Kansas, they do. In Kentucky, they do. At Duke, they do. Maybe outside of Duke. I mean, Duke is Duke. You've been to a Kansas football game. 
I, exactly, several of them. Exactly. They're a basketball school. And I guess that's cool for like five months of the year. But go, go talk to OSU fans. Tell them what they ask them what they'd rather be. Would you rather be a football school or a basketball school? At one time, they thought they were a basketball school. I guarantee you. sucked at football. I guarantee you, 95% of all OSU alums would tell you, I would rather be a, bas- or a football school. Oh, 100%. It's probably closer to 98%. 100%. I'd, I'd say 99%. Everyone would rather be. 9%. Anybody that knows anything at Kansas, uh, an AD that came in from somewhere else, they don't want to not be a football school. North Carolina doesn't want to not be a football school. Some, some, Duke just has no chance. Right. Kentucky's trying. Yeah. But they may never be. They probably won't ever be. Some people, though. Kansas, I mean, yeah, you've been cheating. We know you've been cheating. I think the best, the best thing for them to do is just admit it. But for all those guys, for all those guys to come in as as Kansas being an Adidas school and to leave and to sign with Adidas, like, I said it from the beginning, like, that just screams something wrong. And there's one more in the Big 12 that's in an Adidas school that will probably get bid as well. And they've been in the news before because they allowed rampant rapes on their campus. Baylor's not an Adidas school. They're, yeah. they're a Nike school. No, they're Adidas. Are you sure? Positive. I thought that they were Nike. Nike would never make those hideous uniforms. And I didn't mean to say the F word there. <laughs> but those are just so, so bad. The highlighter things? I guess they are Nike. They are Nike. Well, I know what I'm talking sad. about. No, you no they're Adidas. Texas A&M Baylor's, Adidas. Baylor's Adidas. They're Adidas. Hmm. Well, let's see here. Uh, I think they're Nike, Eddie. They they were Adidas. I'm looking at they officially a picture released of them in a basketball game, and they're in Adidas right now. So they're back I, I with Adidas. Well, they have been Adidas. I don't. Let me try to find something more recent so I can be sure. Maybe they became Adidas because they knew they cheated and could get them better players. But A&M is Adidas, too. And you know what? Their basketball team's good now. Because they've been cheating. Probably. Well, it doesn't matter. OU's Jordan brand, so... I guess we don't have to worry about all this. Yeah, they pretty much shit on everybody else. Like, in in this article from 2015, Baylor is wearing Adidas uniforms in an article talking about them wearing Nike uniforms. That's weird. Well, they must flip and flop a lot. Probably Attention because detail. Baylor is one of those schools that probably has a contract that is strictly like uh, they just get clothes. Like they don't get any money because they're not big enough. Okay, I went to our own Baylor site, and on the front page, they have a practice picture, and it's a practice jersey, a Nike practice jersey. I bet football wants Nike, but basketball wants Adidas. I wonder why. Yeah. It seems like they're in bed with somebody. Well, that's something to look at. I mean, why as an athletic department would you allow that to happen? And you, What did you guys think of Washington signing that huge deal yesterday? Was it with Adidas? Yeah. Yes. 
It didn't move the meter because nobody. It, well, the NCAA is not going to do anything. If news comes out of the Pac-12, it's like, eh, I don't really care. It's yeah. not, a, not a real program. I not saw a, a headline, conference. but that was about it. Like, Baylor's, but the NCAA, Baylor's currently with Nike. The NCAA is just going to gloss over this because it basically comes down to it's money in their pocket. They don't want to screw that up. They're not going to go after the. They're going to continue to be, say like, oh, our schools have been victims. No, you've been in bed with them. You've participated in this. It's really... I mean, it, the whole thing's a sham. Until the NCAA gets pretty much turned upside down, I don't know if anything's ever going to change. They're going to go back and forth in the courts, and it's going to be a big deal for the next eight, nine, ten years. And then seven, and then seven on seven is going to become AAU basketball, and within 15 years, there probably will be no amateurism. They, you're gonna have to start paying to people, and they're 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 already doing more, but it's a different discussion. For it's just getting me pissed off, especially when we start talking about seven on seven. I love that. Did you see that guy coming up? We'll do our uh, five minute roundtable. We'll go over <laughs> scores from seven on seven over the weekend. <sighs> top twenty five rankings. It really, I mean, the seven-on-seven seven stuff, it's just like, I love that, like, I think it was Zach Sanchez. People are starting to kind of come out against the seven-on-seven, seven, so that know what they're talking about. Yeah, because they know that it's it's a It's a big bunch sham. of bullshit. I, and I'm not even talking about the trainers and the coaches and people. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about these kids are out there doing crap that you can never, you don't have time to do on a football field. You can't do the things that they're doing. It's ridiculous. Well, at some point, maybe football will just turn into seven on seven. It kind of is in the Big Twelve already. Yeah, it's true. But at least, at least people can rush the passer, and you don't have time. I'll try to. You don't have time all day to run around a guy three times before you start your your route. Yeah. It's like a freaking game of tag. The line of scrimmage. June Warriors. You know who will be the first? Texas A&M will be the first school to claim a seven-on-seven seven national championship, I bet. Well, they've already claimed a national title for a, na- a year to be named later. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I forgot about that. The Jimbo Fisher trophy. That's... And all the publicity sunsets got to be one of the stupidest things. I've ever, in what way is that good for you? Let me ask you this, though. If colleges had a summer seven-on-seven schedule, would people pay to go watch that? Absolutely, 100%. Without question. Absolutely. So, I don't think we can... Can we shit on the high school stuff when we know that that would go on? Well, I don't <clears throat> I don't mind seven-on-seven at all if it's run through the schools. Because you could work it out where coaches get a little extra pay in the summer. You know, they, they like you, you could do some different things to make it better state. for the coaches. Otherwise, uh, it just becomes this and one bullshit. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and you get all these people that, you know, and uh, again, there are some seven on seven guys that really do want it. You know, that they, they care about the kids and are trying to do the right thing. There's too many guys out there that are just looking for the big Adidas money. You know, and that's just that's the way, or you know, or Nike or whatever. I mean, that that same crap that polluted AAU and still pollutes it is is growing into seven on seven, 
and I don't know how people can't see it or don't seem to care. I don't. I think it's the latter. I, they just don't seem to care. Yeah. So okay. So is here's. Tell me if this is the end game because this is how AAU basketball is. is the end game now. I want to be a coach of a seven seven on seven team. Uh, get all these great players that Adidas is going to try and pay off and then pay me off in the process. Yeah. Is that what this that, is all about? It, it's got to be what it I mean, what, you know, now a lot of these guys, uh, a lot, I don't know if that's how it started in basketball, but I know a lot of the seven on seven guys started as trainers and then they slowly, you know, they worked up a big enough group to, okay, let's, let's put a team together and we'll do seven on seven and travel. And we've just had our first one kind of real seven-on-seven team pop up in Oklahoma. And it's run by a guy I covered in high school, Dwight Dobbins, um, kid out of Carl Albert, um, guy that obviously J.D. knows. There's a, there's a, so there's a lot of connection there. And I don't think Dwight Dobbins has anything but hope to help these kids. But at the same time, your motivations are going to get real cloudy when if you can help me land this kid – Adidas is going to get you more more money we'll and more, gear you, you up know, and we'll take care of some more travel swag stuff. and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're going to take care of you if you sign with an Adidas school, or they're going to take care of you if you, you sign with a Nike school. You get your guys, and that just that gets you to want to try and get more big names on there, so you can become ex- a part of their recruiting process or their exactly. and not even recruiting process, just their. Yeah, I mean, just just their their brand process, I guess you would call it. Yep. Well, because I mean. For the people that out there that don't understand why you do this, you want to get the next LeBron James or the next Baker Mayfield or the next whoever familiar with the people within your brand network so when they decide to go pro, they already have a contact at Adidas or Nike or Under Armour or wherever, and they've got that relationship in place so we can go ahead and sign you, and now you're selling our shoes to millions of people. It's just not the same, though, to me, because, I mean... Kids aren't going out. Oh, I want the I want the Tom Brady cleats. Sure, like, you can't wear sure. cleats to school. <laughs> it's just stupid. I mean, well, it's more about like we can sell you Nike gear. We can sell you, you know, because I yeah, it is cool if you know Adrian. I mean, ten years ago, if Adrian Peterson was selling Nike, kids were buying Nike because they loved Adrian Peterson. Like, yeah, I want to get the new Russell Westbrooks, but. I can wear those out in public, or I can collect them. I don't want or care if I'm a kid. I don't give a shit about Aaron Rodgers' shoes or anything. It's, it's like Aaron Rodgers just player. wears black, like black shoes. Like that's why they're, they're, they're I mean, like the Avis. Yeah, that's. What, I mean, the the NFL players, their endorsements aren't so much the apparel. It's the State Farm. It's you know national commercials. I just I think these shoe companies are out of control. When I want to win the Houston seven on seven, I wear Nike. <laughs> <laughs> we beat we beat Team Quickness fast twenty five thirty four. But I mean I can't even think of anyone in the NFL that I associate with shoes. Honestly, the last guy, and this might be just because I didn't I'm even completely know- out of the shoe game, but the only guy that I could even think of is CJ Spiller. And that's because he was at the I U.S. Think, Army deal. Yeah, the, he, they came. In, he came stuff. in. He came and spoke to the group. Well, yeah, like we we do the our camps used to be Under Armour. Now they're Adidas. Uh, that we're ripping on. Uh, but like I didn't Great know. Shoe, though I didn't know that Tom and Brady company. was an Under Armour guy until they had his picture plastered everywhere at our Baltimore camp one year. Really? 
I I couldn't even tell you that. I didn't even realize. Like, and I know that Cam Newton is Under Armour because he's one of the few guys that's actually had commercials, and he's always wearing weird shoes. But like those things, very like, far removed from the shoe game. It's like you go to those camps and all their gear is there and all this stuff and the like. I think kids care more about gloves than they do shoes. Like oh, what's I, on my gloves when I put my hands together? I mean, I definitely think, and especially with what they've done with uh, shoes here recently. I mean, you see those guys wear the designer shoes out in warm-ups and pregame Odell Beckham for the NFL. I mean, I, I I think that it's probably bigger than we think. I'll say this. like Every football player I know that's in the pros, they all want to wear Nike. They don't want to wear other other shoes. Adidas has come out with you some have pretty to pay cool people lately. to wear other shoes besides Nike. It's just like uh, they had the John Ross thing. He could have won an island, but he ran in Nikes instead of Adidas. It's the greatest commercial. That should be like the greatest commercial of all time. We give you an island. He's like, nah. I, I prefer want, to run in something that's good. Yeah. I don't need your add a zeros. But I mean, football players that they they're not. Uh, it's not basketball. You're wasting your time, and you're making everyone crazy. Shoe companies. But There's money to be made, though. You know what? They sponsor all the rivals camps. It's a good company and great shoes. <laughs> Next year, it'll maybe it'll be back to Nike. I don't know. You know, it'd be hilarious, Carrie. You should go back and edit everything we've said about Adidas and just like cut in Under Armour. Under Armour. Under Armour sucks. Under Armour paying players. It just And it sounds totally dubbed like Rivals just came in and fixed it. <laughs> hey, I, when I was a kid, my mom, uh, she made us appreciate our shoes. She would, every year, she would take us to Payless and threatened, threatened that we'd have to buy the Payless cleats. And then after all the belly aching for a week... I'd rather quit baseball. After, after we finally appreciated that we didn't want to wear, you know, that we wanted really good cleats, they would buy us the Nikes. I'd rather quit sports than wear a poor person's shoe. <laughs> well, poor people don't have that choice. Yeah, and they're usually better for it. They're Well, it's usually the best players on your team. <laughs> My, see, I was a manipulative True. little shit. Like, I, I was... If if one parent played hardball, I went to the other one. Like my parents were separated, so they weren't speaking to each other about what shoe I was wearing. <laughs> oh wow! So I you could be like, listen, yeah, you know, d- Dad, we need some quality time. Let's go buy some some spikes for my football season. Yeah, you I did, was. You were yeah. you you were branded if you had those payless shoes though, like. Oh, for sure. You were like, oh, that poor bastard. He's got he's got those shoes. He's on food stamps too. Because you guys, you know, that was pretty like, much you can the think of that guy. You can think of that guy you grew up with that was that person that had to wear those shoes. But You're like, like, no, yeah, your mom didn't know the, you know, how big of a deal like shoe status was. The stigma, like she didn't, she didn't care, she didn't get it. Kids will be kids. Oh, I remember when my mom got me the pump, man. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. Oh man, after Kenny Skywalker. Oh, love those things. I mine was were D. like Gordon, gray right? and D. pink or something. Was D. Gordon was that the guy that made him kind of famous first? D. Like the baseball player? No, no. D. Played for the Celtics. Oh, um, D. Brown. 
D maybe. Brown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number seven. Oh God, I hadn't thought about D Brown in a long time. But he was one of the first pump guys. But it was the slam dunk competition that made him famous. That's right. Damn, that's right. I forgot all about that. I just, just knew I loved my shoes. Too old. Didn't they? Didn't, wouldn't those people pump them up and those bladders would break, though, and then it would like shoot dust everywhere, and like the, they found out the ducks, dust was like toxic or something? Yeah, there was some sort of safety hazard with it. And I remember like my mom was like, don't do it. Don't do that. And I was so terrified it ruined my shoes. I never, never, ever did it. And now I, all I do is buy expensive flip-flops and wear them until they fall off my feet. So, <laughs> sorry, Mom. You like the Olakai's? Uh, Ola, I, I had someone on the board actually suggested Olakai to me, bought a pair. I've been a loyal Rainbow guy for almost 20 years and bought a pair of Olakai, and they are, they're holding up very well. They are stout shoes. They're I'm a very nice shoe, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. You pay for them. They're, they're not cheap as a flip-flop goes, no, but no. I wear – it's a daily thing for me, so it's not a big deal for me to wear them because I wear them a ton, and if they can last a year or two – then you know, I, almost every other shoe in my closet is safe for a long time. I actually bought some Sperry's, and they have held up longer for me than just about anything I bought. Mm-hmm. Like Which I tried is surprising. the rising. I tried the Rock Porch. Yeah, the Sperry's. You like pick them up, and they 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 feel like five dollar flip flops, but they're nice once your feet form to them. Hmm. But like I've tried the Rock Porch; those things fall apart. Really now that's fast. surprising, guys. I mean, I don't know if you guys know my background, but I was a shoe salesman in high school, and I was, I did not know that. I was a big advocate of the Rockport. Not the Rockport flip-flop. I never sold a Rockport flip-flop. I, I had a really good relationship with my grandmother, and as the people in the store found that out, I kept getting shipped over to the women, like the women's shoe section, hmm. and I would get a lot of older women, and I'd, I so I sold a lot of Rockports in my time. And those were really good shoes, uh, all things considered, especially price point now. God, they're ugly. They are. They, yeah, they they've don't gotten really ugly. White. It's got to be like that off-white kind of tanny cream. Like, it's nasty looking color. They used to be... There's only used, one There's only one color that you're supposed to buy. It's brown. But Rockport used to be such a, like a, a kind of a... They were a, they were a very comfortable shoe. They always were. But they were also kind of elegant. Now they just look like shoes for, you know, people that are in special ed. Yo, I, all you think about when you see those shoes anymore is orthopedic. Like yeah. that's all I hear when They're I that's the awful. word that comes to my mind. Like it's it's turned everything's it's turned me towards either Johnson Murphy or Colhan now. Mm. Oh, Colhan. God. Eddie, did you live in a world where you had to have a Colhan? I don't think so. Were you too young? That was young very for that? Oklahoma. Yeah, that was a yeah. Colhan was huge in Oklahoma. I was probably 6th or 7th grade and literally you had to have a pair of Colhans. Like that was a must. Colhan, C O L E H A A N. No, I don't think so. Okay, I w- There's certain poor? things that you can tell. Huh? There's just a poor? age difference no, between pump, you and I. I want to pump see North. <laughs> oh, poor. Wow. Eddie was a poor. No, I know. Like Eichard is a big Colhan guy. Is he? I think he just must have missed out in Putnam City. It must have been something about Northwest Expressway or something. I don't know. There is, there is a divide there. There's a line for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they only knew about it in more acres. Definitely didn't go over there. <laughs> Not if you could help it. War Acres Police, pass. That's a strong pass. I miss the big service merchandise over there. Where was that at? Uh, I don't know what's there now. 
but it was in that that mall area in War Acres. There, it's like there was that Chili's. Oh, I know what you're talking and about. And then you go, we went right in there. I know what you're talking. About. Oh, it's like God. North of the yeah, Expressway. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh huh. I know what you're talking about. I don't even. That Chili's isn't there still, is it? Last time I was over there, it was, but it, wow. it's probably been a minute since. Well, I was there's over still there. a TGI Fridays over there too. Where's he talking about, Carrie or Eddie? Oh, I was thinking like off of 122nd on Northwood Expressway. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, TJ Wait, Friday's. 122nd Expressway don't don't. No, no, no. I'm I'm down Rockwell, by like I mean, I'm, Rockwell, I'm like Rockwell. down by 63rd. Like I'm talking about the TGI Fridays. Is oh there. no, there's no, but they're chili. There's not a chili. No, the Chili's was up by 122nd. Yeah, they've moved. They moved that. They've since moved that up to Rockwell. Oh, okay. Uh, there is now a hideaway where that Chili's used to be. Hmm. Uh, oh, he's talking okay. about by, by Lake Hefner. Yep, uh, right. Yeah, right there between. Okay, I'm with you absolutely. And I know the service merchandise you're talking about. Yep. So, I, full circle, we're there. Uh, okay. Um, let's get back real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Josh, let's talk a little bit about you know just breaking down uh, the visitor list a little bit. You got uh, Austin Stogner's the only commit that's coming in as an official visitor. Uh, Trajan Bridges. A uh, possible ACT casualty there, Josh? That's what it sounds like. And I know he and his dad just won't kind of rule it out that he's not going to make it. If I'm betting money, he's not coming. And it's, it's just a deal where he's got to take the ACT. And honestly, that's, I mean, one of the, I know a lot of OU fans will take a negative out of it, but I know a lot of guys that would be there if it weren't for the ACT, which is a good sign. I mean, that uh, obviously you'd rather have them there. But it's not just I don't want to go. These guys all want to go. They just have to take the ACT, and it's just you know that's part of the game. And I know some are going to get upset. Oh, you got to schedule it better. Well, you know, there's only so much time you have. You can't schedule it three weeks in advance. There's way too much planning that goes into it. And so you've got to check and see when ACT stuff's released. There, there's a lot going on. But I, I think Oklahoma, like I said earlier. This visit weekend, they couldn't have designed it much better. One of the more interesting ones, guys, and you mentioned Austin Stogner being the only commitment, Derek Green, the former commitment, the defensive lineman from North Carolina, will be there. And this is probably Oklahoma's last chance before he makes his final decision to make an impression. Now, it's going to be interesting because to me it's going to come down to the proximity of home, uh, to home of Tennessee and Georgia, which obviously both have a big advantage in that way, and his relationship with Ruffin McNeil. Mm-hmm. Ruffin McNeil is his guy. I mean, I've rarely, rarely heard a recruit talk about a coach the way he talks about Ruffin McNeil. Like, he talks about him like a second father. He's my guy. He's the only guy I've ever wanted to play for. All those things. But is that enough to surmount Georgia and all the way Georgia's recruiting right now? I mean, there, there's a lot to consider there. But he's a really interesting guy to watch. And I think... As time has gone on, that commitment looks less of a reach and more like a really good find by Ruffin McNeil. So I, I think Oklahoma really wants to push for him. And maybe at that, in that, uh, if they could go ahead and get him back in the fold, they may be done at that position. They may be done at nose tackle if he goes ahead, uh, goes ahead and gets on board. Well, in the was it? Am I right? The Tennessee offer right after OU did, and then Georgia started kind of sniffing around at that point. Yeah, I want to say Tennessee may have offered literally the next day. Yeah. And I think Georgia set up a visit with him within a week. I mean, like, it it was all pretty quick. 
And, you know, I don't, it kind of went under the radar because I think so many OU fans have written Derek Green off. Uh, he announced the top three within the last week to ten days, and those were his top three. And I think he's if he if he hasn't made his decision by June first, I'd be pretty surprised. Uh, another kid, not on an official visit, but unofficial, who was committed recently decommitted. Uh, what do the Sooners hope to get out of bringing Isaiah Spiller in this weekend? That's that's a great question, and I actually heard from Isaiah this morning, and. You know, there's been a lot of belief that, okay, eventually he's – and I was part of that, that he was going to go ahead and change his mind and he'll visit A&M because, like we talked about last week, they're having their spring game as well. It's a big deal, a bunch of guys, and he has all that connection to A&M, but it sounds like he's going to take a trip to Oklahoma. I talked to him this morning. He said he and his dad are probably coming up. I, I You know, I don't know what that's contingent on, but it sounds like that is still the plan is for him to visit Oklahoma – you know, Oklahoma hasn't given up on him. I, I think they knew for a while now that this was going to be an uphill battle and pretty tough to get him uh, to fully stay on board. But Oklahoma never was like, okay, well, this is over. We're walking away. I mean, they, they still felt good about their chances. And, you know, they're going to continue to recruit him. He's a guy they want. And like we talked about when I saw him at Houston Nike, he fits Oklahoma beautifully. I mean, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. He can run north and south. I mean, there's... There is a lot to like about his game. And uh, like I said, I think Oklahoma is hoping. I don't think they expect to get him back on board or anything like that. But maybe a, you know, okay, Isaiah, we go do A&M, go visit. We know you want to go check that out. But let's try to have something done here before too long. Because running back is just not one of those positions you want to be recruiting a guy until next February. Like yeah. that's a position you want to have locked down and done for because – Frankly, there's enough good running backs around. Oklahoma, if, if it's not going to be Isaiah, they can go find someone else. How much of that this weekend is going to be a let's let's actually see this kid on campus before we get too excited? Oh, I'm 100% on that board. I mean, like as I said, even this morning, you know, what, 70, uh, probably 48 hours before he would leave to head towards, uh, towards Norman, he still is – given me probably now that's not nothing but usually by now if, if a guy's saying probably there's still there's a reason that he's not sure see and so like i said we'll we'll see but i'm with you eddie until he shows up i'm not completely buying right it, that just seems like a situation that comes saturday morning it's oh something came up we couldn't make it up and all of a sudden we're going to go to college station because it's closer to home yep uh one other interesting aspect to the official visits josh is I mean, we're talking so much about how the cornerback position is looks to be, appears to be, in the best position it's been in maybe that any of us can remember. I mean, that's assuming, you know, you have Buki if you need him at, at corner, I guess. Uh, but the other position, you need to go hand-in-hand hand with that is safety, which is kind of really up in the air right now. But this is going to be a huge weekend for safety and, and defensive backs coming in, too. <laughs> it's insane, guys. I mean, I, I talked about it uh, in that 321 article. And if people haven't read that yet, go find it on the site. It's, uh, a lot of people seem to really like it. it it's kind of had just a basic breakdown of a lot of the things that you need to be watching this weekend. But beyond that, Oklahoma's probably five top safety targets in the country right now, barring one or two here or there, are going to be in Norman this weekend. I mean, it's crazy. 
Uh, Jamal Morris, a kid from the Houston area that a lot of people think could be a commitment this weekend. He's a guy to watch. Um, the uh, Jalen Phillips from Lawrenceville, Georgia, uh, Archer, that's a huge program in Georgia, he's coming in. Uh, probably two months ago, he was talking about Oklahoma as his favorite and talking about making a decision. I don't think he's going to announce this weekend, but it, again, I talked earlier about there's a chance for a snowball this weekend where you can see several guys getting involved and OU being able to say, hey, if you don't take it now, I don't know if it's going to be there for you in two months. So you, you're going to be able to see some of that. So it's safety. It's a huge deal. The guy that I'm telling everybody to keep an eye on because I've heard a lot of positive buzz uh, about him and OU lately is Jerry and Jones, the safety from Mississippi. Now, recruiting in Mississippi, once he's committed, it's almost like Oklahoma has still just got to go at him exactly as they have. I mean, it even Mississippi is a mess, and it is really hard to recruit down there. I think you get a very little help from the coaches sometimes. There, there's just a lot of hurdles to clear. And it's why I think since Bob Stoops arrived in Oklahoma, they have signed three players from Mississippi. Tito Windham, um, oh, goodness, the uh, the defensive lineman um, whose Gab- name I – Gabriel Campbell? Yes, Gabe Campbell. And then years ago, the, uh, the defensive back, um, uh, Justin – Oh, wow. I, so I was really prepared to give this little statement. So really, great, good job on that, Josh. But anyway, <laughs> Mississippi's tough to recruit. I love Jerry and Jones on tape. He's a guy that rivals as a three-star. I think that's crazy. I think he's a 250 kid. So Oklahoma really likes him. I, if, if he were to commit this weekend, I don't think any OU fan should feel anything but excited. He is a guy that OU wants and, frankly, I think a guy that we've got underrated. Uh, and also, uh, we talked about the three wide receivers at five star. There is another five star coming in, but he's a cornerback in Chris Steele. Yeah. You know, it's not every day that it takes a while to get to the number 17 overall player in the country from maybe the best program in the country in St. John Bosco in uh, the Los Angeles area. Uh, Steele is a guy that's been big on OU for a while and generally, you know, We've talked about this for years, guys. When OU grows in, goes into Los Angeles, if USC's involved, it's almost impossible. Like it's just, especially at Bosco and Modern Day and the schools where USC is going to be recruiting guys every single year. That's really, really hard to win. Steel though feels a little different to me. I would still bet on USC. I would, but I think Texas has a chance. I think Oklahoma has a chance. He's visited the area several times. This is going to be his first time to Oklahoma, but he's come and done some seven on seven stuff in Texas. And, you know, he's visited AM, he's visited UT. So, I mean, there has been um, a little more willingness for him to look outside of his hometown than you see from a lot of Southern California guys. So, this is going to be huge for OU. Obviously, probably their only chance to host him. Maybe he'll come back for an unofficial during the season. That seems unlikely. So, Chris Steele, like I said, the number two corner in the country, the number three player in the state of California. I mean, this is as big a West Coast recruit as you're going to find Oklahoma targeting. And frankly, guys, when when these kids come in from Southern California, or really California in general, it's gone very well for OU through the years. When they can get them in for an environment like this, where all the fans are there and they can see what a big deal it is, you know, college football in Norman, that tends to sweep guys up. And, I mean, it goes all the way back to Tony Jefferson and Kenny Stills. 
And, you know, when this thing kind of started, and ever since then, whenever a guy comes in for a game weekend or something like it, these guys tend to fall in love with Oklahoma. You know what the secret weapon there is. Everybody's going to say, oh, it's Buki. No, it's not Buki. Let's let that guy go hang out with Grant Calcaterra. Because all the ladies apparently flock to Grant Calcaterra. How could you not? He's a beautiful Grant, man. Grant Calcaterra is a very good-looking man. <laughs> and he has excellent hair. He might have the best hair on campus. Can you imagine, like, oh, I mean, he is... Uh, I would imagine Grant Calcaterra is living... I just imagine like the most him, stereotypical college, college athlete, athlete life. Like of all I just time. imagine him, you know, sitting in a booth with just a light shining down on him, with just women fighting to get to where he is, and uh, all the recruits just sitting there, like, hmm, "This is the that place seems to be. pretty familiar to me." I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I just, I just hope that he uh, refers to all the women around him as whores. Whore. <laughs> what? Over here. Over here, whore. You mean winch? No, I'm pretty sure I mean whore. <laughs> well, there are... Eddie, your contributions the last two weeks, women's rights groups are standing up all around, ready to get pissed with us. Josh, we're letting them play Augusta. I think we've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are having a women's event there now, aren't they? Yeah. Top 30, I think. Uh, okay. Let's just I, hope if, that we get an American in the field. If I can get this on track. Are there not a lot of good American women golfers? Not really. When was the last good one? Every time I see him on that... Uh, oh, I mean, Michelle Wee's pretty good. She's pretty hot, too. But I mean, like, that, like the... She was the woman in women's golf. Like, the Thorin Stams and some of those people. Mm. She was never good, though. She was like the... Uh, Anna Kornikova of golf. I mean, I mean she, she's she's had better she's success won, than you would think, but she's better now. But when she was younger, she couldn't really handle it. But every time I see one of those uh, big break shows, it always has hot chick golfers on there. That's because that's the only reason they could probably get people to watch it. Yeah, I always think like. Lady, you might need a boob reduction if you want to play golf seriously. Lexi Thompson's pretty good. Paul Creamer is pretty good. I'm trying to think. Paul Creamer is fairly attractive as well, right? Yeah. I think so. I, I won't pretend that I know women's golf well, so I, I feel like I've seen her probably on the board or something. Uh, okay. Um, if I can get us back on track so we can get out Best of Best of luck. I'm trying. Just no Meg Mallon. Uh. Anybody, I mean, we've covered all the five stars. Uh, we've covered all the DBs. Um, we covered the receivers. Guys, I mean, is there anybody Here, really officially that... I, this is kind mention? of more of a whole, whole, a bigger picture question, Josh, but I, and you've, you've hit on it a little bit in the 3-2-1. Everybody needs to go check out. I mean, it's free. Find it. I'll retweet it. It'll be all over the scoop thing. But a, a successful weekend for Oklahoma in the recruiting front is there a number that you would put on it? Or what would you say is a successful weekend? Because I, I think that it's been built up big enough to where if they walk out of there with two commitments, I think people will see that as a disappointment. I think you're right, and I, it, it, which is going to be interesting because if it's the two I expect, I don't know how you can get upset. Like I don't know how you can walk away from that weekend not thinking, wow, that was, that, that's, that's pretty fantastic. 
But at the same time, I get it because I, I feel like those have almost become foregone. And it's so funny because I feel like everybody listening has a pretty good idea of who I'm talking about, but I don't want to say their names. Like it, it, It's a weird, weird universe I'm living in right now. But at the same time, um, I think three is seen as a success. If it's, you know, almost, you know, I was going to say if it's the right guys, but you look over that visitor list, there's no dud on that visitor list. There's no guy that you're like, oh, you just don't want that dude. Um, so I think if you've got three, you're good. To me, when you start getting really, like this weekend, we hit it out of the park uh, as far as how the Oklahoma coaches would feel. I think you're talking four or five, and I – I know five sounds so crazy because OU's really never had a weekend like that, but I think it's possible. I really do. I mean, there are, I think there are three guys that are pretty obvious, and then I think there are probably six that I would say, yeah, that wouldn't shock me. That that's completely, you know, guys like Stacy Wilkins, Jerry and Jones, uh, even Marcus Major wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there's. There is a lot of possibility for things to happen for Oklahoma this weekend. Maybe, you know, guys kind of an off-the-wall one, and somebody we've already talked about, if Derek Green jumped back on board this weekend, that wouldn't stun me. I mean, like I said, his relationship with Ruffin is just outstanding, and I think maybe to kind of feel that warmth and that relationship again, maybe, you know, maybe something could happen there. There's just a lot of guys that I can think of in the right scenario jumping on board, so... I think this has a chance to be one of OU's biggest weekends in in years. You know, I I wonder did Shane I wonder if Shane Beamer had kind of more of a relationship with Jaden Hazelwood. And I, I mean, Derek Green's a guy they got in on late, so I doubt that they would have much of a relationship since he's he pretty much sure. left as soon as he committed to them. Or I'll guarantee that he had a relationship. I don't know how much of one. Yeah, uh, that would be interesting to talk to Hazelwood about a little bit. But I mean. As much as Hazelwood's been around UGA and all that sort of thing, and Beamer being the guy he was within that program, uh, um, you know, having such a big hand in the recruiting game, I, I guarantee you there's a relationship there. So I mean that that's that's something. I, honestly, Kerry, it's a great point because it's something I really hadn't thought of a lot. Uh, any anything interesting about some of the 2020 kids coming in that strikes you? I mean, I know you've got Jace McClellan uh, on the list. Commit Drew Sanders. Commit on the list. Um, I know you've seen Jace McClellan now in person at, at uh, Ardidas Rivals Camps. Um, any, I mean, it seemed like I kind of, you know, I think was he at the same one Noah Kane was at? Mm-hmm. He was. So you yeah, saw them together. I mean, did it because he's so young? Did it? Did did you form any kind of opinion on him? Like, what did you think? Is is he as elite as he looked in his high school playing? Well, you got to remember, I, guess I saw Jace early last year. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, th- this was my second time to see him live. I think Jace is absolutely a Rivals 100 guy. His production is just unbelievable for a player so young. And it's crazy because, you know, his freshman year, he was just kind of working his way into things and then really took over through the playoffs and became, you know, Alito's really their bell cow. And then in his sophomore year, gets hurt the game I was at, gets hurt early in the game, and misses almost the entire regular season. And so, you know, kind of same deal. But, I mean, the the issue is is that as good as he is, and like I said, I think he's a Rivals 100 guy, I'm not sure he's not the third best back in the state of Texas in his own class. Uh, Zach Evans is a freak. I mean, he's as good a running back to come out of Texas 
God, maybe since Adrian. I mean, like that. That's that's the kind of guy you're talking about. He's a national potential top ten guy. I mean, he's he's elite of elite. And um, then you throw in Seth McGowan, who also OU's offered, grew up an OU fan. So Oklahoma in 2020 at running back looks to be in really really good shape. So the, the, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But McClellan's a guy I like for sure. Um, He's clearly still going to look around, but this is big for OU to get him back, you know, on campus, just kind of continuing to make sure he knows they want him there. He's a big deal to them. The two guys I would watch this weekend, and I, and I mean this is not just, oh, you know, they're, they're guys that OU's high on, but guys that it wouldn't shock me if OU commi- uh, if committed this weekend are Darian Green, Green Warren, the cornerback from modern day, a Rivals 120-20 guy, uh, you know, and people would say, oh, Southern California – he grew up in Edmonds. I mean, he, he would have gone to Edmonds Santa Fe, I believe is what he's told me, um, if he would have stayed there, moved to Southern California, but never let go of it. He clearly loves OU. There, there's a lot of relationship there. So that, you know, an OU, I believe, was his first offer last summer, or at least his first major one, something like that. So Green Warren, you've got a guy that OU has a lot of connection with, loves OU, is familiar with the area. So there's a lot there that makes sense. The other is JVN Hester the Rivals 100 receiver from Booker T, who, you know, Bob said it in a story uh, he wrote this week, and he's right. He's about as much of a commit for a guy not committed to OU as any guy I've seen this year. I mean, he's very big on OU, very open that he loves Oklahoma. That's kind of where he sees himself playing. But he hasn't pulled the trigger. I don't know that either one of them will do it this weekend, but it wouldn't surprise me if both did. Interesting. The stage is set. And that's not so, just for Trace Atkins. <laughs> may, may, <laughs> like oh, and he's killing we, it we today. Had to work it in there. The stage is Guys, it, it really is set though. It's it's going to be exciting, I think, to see how this all plays out. Just because they have put so much effort into building this weekend for the purpose of recruiting. Yeah, I mean, not just and the that's what it's game. for. I mean, and you know, we gave the Trace Atkins thing. Uh, enough grief you have everything else about this spring game is tremendously impressive everything else they're doing with bringing the ex-players back and trent williams and adrian peterson like getting all of them involved that's that's just that that's understanding how to reach the guys you want to reach which is the recruits i will judge I, i think that's really impressive i will judge the success of the spring game based on how bad Marquise Brown embarrasses his opponent. Whoever that he runs against. Yeah. I mean, it better be like Mr. Freeze good. I saw him talking about like letting someone win. Hell no. I want to watch him destroy someone. Yes. He said that they're going to get a 10-yard head start. Right, yeah. And a 50-yard race. Okay, if he got oh, is it fifty? Oh, so he's still running forty yards. It's just they're running. Oh, I'm sure yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's running fifty, they're running forty, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And it would have been better uh, if it was a hundred, but I'm sure Lincoln was like, "No, nah, I don't want to pull in the hammy." Well, yeah, and not be some good. like poor guy that looks like one of us dying on the field. So, a full sprint of a hundred yards, I think I would tear. No, if you look like any of body. us, I, I I cancel the event. Yeah, I don't want to see that. How guys? We'll go to like kind of the Rich Eisen thing. How badly would Marquise Brown beat any of us? 
I mean, I'm guessing at least nine yards I against think, me. Maybe I think, more. Uh, 15 at least. I think he would beat me in a 50-yard race. If he were running 50 and I were running 10, he'd have a shot. <laughs> he could beat me in a foot race. I'd beat the shit out of him, though, if we want to square up. Oh my God! Well, he's almost the size of the high school wrestler that we're still looking for the fight. Middle school, yeah. re- middle school wrestler. Ninety. Yes, pounds. that's right. That's right. Ninety was- pound middle school wrestler. <laughs> you even had a there's weight that kid out qualifier. there that's going to kick Eddie's ass. Like it's going to happen. Uh, uh, I know that. Oh, there's some exists. mean little bastard out there that could just yep. wail on him. From like well, Perry. he's just going to keep Eddie moving until Eddie gets tired. <laughs> from like gonna- Perry. Mm. Oh, It'd probably be yeah. more like from like Marlow. Yeah, probably so. Walters. Yeah, I'd hope for Perry. I think Marlo, you're likely to get punched in the parking lot. I bet we could find a junior high kid in Ringling that could kick your ass. Probably not. There's, probably somebody. There's probably like three junior high. No, because those kids are like you know they're they're bailing hay on the weekends and stuff. Not anymore. This generation's soft. <laughs> <laughs> not in Ringling, man. It's throwback. I think if anybody's listened to Eddie's uh, commentary through the years in the pod, they realize. That his generation was very rough and tumble with uh, their their manual labor. We'll Absolutely, you, we'll get you over to Apache. Maybe take you to Ceiling. Just go on a tour. We'll make it like rough and rowdy. We'll we'll take you through Tahlequah. I can find somebody in Tahlequah that'll kick your ass. Yeah, you get you get on the, some of those reservations, man. Yep, I'll find a mean old Indian dude just to beat the crap out of you. I get a couple of. If I get a couple extra coupons at a uh, okay, casino, no. maybe I'll... Oh, no. <laughs> no. To make it okay, I'm Native right American. Now. I'm okay with that joke. I registered, so I, Eddie can make that joke. My sister it. my sister did one of those DNA things. Yeah. Uh, to find out, I don't know. Well, I don't know why. Maybe she was wearing later hosen or something and didn't want to anymore. Um, but it came back like negative on any Native American... Heritage. Wow, you're the family, huh? You're the ones in a, the connected. Well, like Oklahoma my grandma spent all her time when we were growing up talking about how her dad was a full blooded something. She's lying to you. And his hair was so black it was blue. That's what she would always tell us. What a lie! <laughs> don't what a tell lie! Me. Don't call my grandma a liar. What the, the, um, the science just proves it. I don't know Listen, if I believe I, it. I don't know. It's like that one girl that sent in for her DNA thing and found out that her fertility doctor was her mother's fertility doctor was her father. Did you see that story? Me too. I think exactly you. I think it. you talked about that last week. Did we talk about yeah, that I last did. week? We talked about it last week. Yeah, you can't yeah. trust that shit. I mean, I or those people. It's science. So you can't trust the science here. Actually, I guess you could trust the science if that proved that that was her dad. Yeah, that's. I don't know why the science would want to lie about so, it. You, okay. you don't believe the science here, but I'm the crazy one for thinking that All there's right. questions about the Fine. earth being flat. My, my, oh, oh, God, God. no. That, it's fair. It's not it's fair. Not. <laughs> it is fair. This is actual science, though. This isn't just people saying it over and over Elon again. Musk has proven just in the last month that the earth is not flat. From a soundstage in Los Angeles, yeah. <laughs> no. He has a car flying up there. Oh, in it's orbit. Just, it's still in orbit, huh? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we just had a Chinese satellite crash down to Earth. Oh. They were worried it was going to land in Tulsa for a while. You know where it wouldn't have landed? Where? Chapman Stadium, because there are no touchdowns there. <laughs> <laughs> it was good to see they had their spring game in front of 25 people over the weekend. <laughs> 
And they were all TV cameras. <laughs> yeah, there were 13 of them were with the media, and the other 12 were family members of uh, players at Tulsa. I wonder if like a new student intern might be running the account this year. Maybe we have hope. Maybe we can start a, launch a campaign. I hope not. To get you unblocked. But yet they have a, their sports editors writing articles about dropping D1 at Tulsa. See that? No, I didn't. It was quite the take. <laughs> it was quite the take. It was something about uh, we should just drop D1 athletics at Tulsa. Wait, somebody within TU was saying that or somebody at the world? Was Their saying sports that? editor at the Tulsa student newspaper. Oh, okay. That's awful. He will not be hired by Soonerscoop.com ever. I don't know. We hire a lot of people yeah. that don't make it. And but nobody with crazy takes. <laughs> not when they work for us anyway. <laughs> Never. Well, it will be fun. I have uh by the way, I've I've officially made Team Williams the uh a five and a half point favorite going into Saturday. I saw that on your round table. I thought it was six and a half. It moved okay. a little bit, but I am a <laughs> lot of movement, a lot of betting going on. I am excited to see, uh, you know, Carrie, you were talking about guys you wanted to see. I want to see Ryan Jones. I want to yeah, see him in the I know. flesh because I've too. never, I've literally like never a, seen like, the guy. He's like Bigfoot. Yeah, I've like, never seen him. we just ignored him. him for like a year now. Like we never asked about him last year. Well, even at practice, I, you know, sometimes we'll see those guys walking out and stuff. And well, somebody, I've never somebody seen was the guy. telling me after the first scrimmage, they're like, man, I like 31. I was like, yeah, that's Jalen Rivers. And he's like, I like 33. I was like, I have no idea who 33 is. Demond Parker. <laughs> Nailed it. There you go. He's out of jail and he's back playing football. Is he getting a, uh, a Bob Stoops invite on Friday? No, he was. No, he, he left. Oh, yeah, he, he, so he never yeah. played. That's right. He That's could right. have played right. for Bob and saved Quentin Griffin's red shirt, but he went to play. Packers? Packers. I think he played for the Lions, too. That means that Quentin Griffin and Adrian Peterson could have shared a backfield. It all is related to Demon Parker. Yeah, they could have. Instead of Kiwan Jones. I bet he didn't get an invite. His shoelaces might have. I think he's doing okay for himself. Is he? Does he live in Oklahoma? Do you know? Yeah, Tulsa. I think he's... Last I knew, he lived in Tulsa, and he was uh, doing well selling cars in the car business. Very nice. Jaqueline Crawford's another one yeah. that I'm excited to see. Uh, I don't think we gave it enough pub on the board, but uh, Dennis Simmons really was talking Crawford up last week when we yeah. were able to talk to him. So yeah. that would be interesting. I think... Creed Humphrey and Trey Brown would be my two that I really want to see. I, Trey Brown, it, it, if he's going to be the guy that he can be, I think it's time. Like, he needs to go ahead and make that step. That's kind of what Cook's told us. Like, yep. He wants to see it. And Creed, I mean, Creed just has a chance to be a center like I don't think OU's had in, what, probably the entire time you've covered OU football, at Kerry? He I mean, like, be, I, I think he's got a chance to be a Remington guy. I think Vince Carter's probably the best physically and uh, just size-wise, the biggest and best center they've ever Real offensive lineman center that they've ever had. It's kind of weird to say, but the, recent. the biggest recent. thing with Creed Humphrey, and I guess you want to see it on Saturday, and I'm sure that it's gotten better, but the only time I saw him in high school playing center, he had trouble snapping the ball. And I'm sure that that's some, maybe it was a bad night, Maybe there was a lot of things that went into it, but, I mean, kind of seems important. 
I'm I'm going to say that they work on that with him. I would I would hope they do. He hasn't snapped since that night, Eddie. He's just going to bring it out for the spring game, see what he can do. I was always ready for the Eric Renz snap over the head. Baker saved a couple last year. Uh, Connor McGinnis, you interested in his holding? Oh, no. It, after the big award last year? No, it hasn't gotten to his head. I think he'll be fine. Okay. They are working with a new long snapper, though, with uh, Wesley Horky gone. Mm, yeah. I saw Cybert uh, responded to you on Twitter. Yeah, he's performing. Is that what he said? You said uh, you just took a picture of the stage, and he said... He said, actually, I'm the one performing. You guys have a little bromance going, even though you can't say his name. He probably can't say my name. But his is easy to say. You just screw it up. Well. It's like the big voice guy. I gave him your name. I didn't tell him how to pronounce it. It was Radisovich. That's true. It's true. All right, that's going to do it. We're done. This was a weird podcast. <laughs> I think we started out horribly and finished strong. That's what I'm going to say. We got a Baker Mayfield feature going. It always, it always, uh, it's all about how you finish. It's like a, it's like a car crash and we fixed it ourselves with hammers. And didn't have to call the cops. Because we were drunk. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, huge recruiting weekend. So stick around. Uh, we've got a special going right now. If you're listening to this, uh, on the website and we know summer's coming up. Uh, we want to give you guys a treat. So what we're doing is you sign up for a month of Sooner Scoop using the the promo code OUSPRING. It's all one word, all capital letters. OUSPRING. We're giving you the summer for free. So you pay for a month, you get the summer for free, and you don't have to pay again until August 1st. So I think that's a pretty good deal. And it's not like nothing won't be going on in the summer. There's camps. There's all kinds of stuff. Uh, lots of stories that we'll be writing, you know, previews, all that kind of stuff. Uh, breaking news will happen, I'm sure. There'll be some transfers here and there, uh, maybe some transfers in. But, you know, recruiting never ends. Really, college football never ends. So, also, if you get an annual subscription, we'll extend you all the way till December 2019. So, you want to get a year subscription? That's basically adding uh, five months onto your onto your subscription for a year. So, it's almost like you get a year and a half. Almost like a year and a half. So, uh, anyway, go to the website. If you're not a member, uh, sign up. Access to the Crimson Corner. Uh, access to all of us all the time. Uh, you can holler at us any, about anything you want. Uh, whether that be movies, uh, sandals. Josh tries them all. Uh, so, thanks for listening. Go sign up at Soonerscoop.com. Thanks to Eddie. Erotic stories. Thanks to Josh. Sometimes it does happen. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening, and we'll see you back here again next week on another edition of The Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.